It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Wizards. Today, we have special guest Howard Beck. We are going to talk about what is the solution at this point guard position for the Wizards, what is Kyle Kuzma's future, and some intel on the GM search. Shaking my head next on Locked On Wizards. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. And today we have special guest. Welcome back, Howard Beck. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Doing well, sir. Doing well. So we're going to get right into it. We got a lot of questions for you today. Um, obviously, heading into the offseason is going to be a very pivotal offseason for the Washington Wizards. Um, getting into it first. Looking at the point guard position, obviously point guard is the biggest need for this team. Um, so looking at point guard and knowing that Anthony Black and Kassan Wallace is there in the draft, and yet we might have some fluctuity to get a veteran point guard long-term, what do you think is the best option for the Wizards going forward, a veteran or picking up a guy in the draft? So I, I, I hate to play the it depends card, but a lot of what – the, a lot of the way I view the Wizards is ultimately going to depend on how they view uh, their future with regard to Bradley Beal and to an extent Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma, Kristaps Porzingis, right? This this core that they have right now. So if you were telling me right now, listen, um, the new GM is going to come in and either by their own decision 
or by the continued insistence of ownership that Bradley Beal is going to be there forever until the end of time. Um, and that because of that, they're probably also going to stick with the veteran cast around him, Porzingis, Kuzma, or maybe one piece of that goes. Maybe Kuzma goes somewhere to sign a trade. Maybe they keep Kuzma, but they trade Porzingis or something. If you're telling me that this is going to be a team that still wants to, uh, I hate to say it, compete, because I don't, I don't know what competing looks like for this team anymore in this configuration. But if the idea is to, is to do what they've always been doing, which basically is to keep running on the treadmill of mediocrity, then sure, um, there are ways they could go to, to find a veteran point guard. We can discuss some names if, if you want. But if they've decided with this new administration – this as yet to be hired administration with uh, whatever a month to go to the draft um, might want to get on that soon. If, if the decision of the franchise is, you know what, it is finally time to, to, to st- take a step back to not, you know, let's just, we don't have to call it a tear down, but look, let's, it, it's time to move on. It's time to find a different formula. And probably that means moving on from Bradley Beal. If you can find anybody to acquire him, then I think it's a different answer. I'm not going for a veteran point guard if I think this is a rebuild. I'm not. I'm not looking for, you know. And now, granted, there are young teams that are rebuilding where you want a veteran point guard, um, because that that's a guy who, if you get the right person, can be that 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 leader, the guy who provides structure, the guy who provides uh, some sense of of, of direction and stability. Um, and I think of like Chris Paul when he was in Oklahoma the one year. I think of Chris Paul then going to the Suns, who, you know, they weren't yet young, young anymore, but they were a young-ish team. I'm not suggesting Chris Paul to the Wizards, and they're like, it's not the same Chris Paul, and I don't think the Wizards are ready for a Chris Paul to come in and all of a sudden pull everything together. Like, they don't have that kind of base. Um, but there are circumstances where you'd want that. I just, there's no version of this Wizards team that, to me, screams out for veteran point guard. It, it's if you can find somebody in the draft and I'm, I'll caveat up front here, not a draft expert. Um, I will dive in as much as I can once the finals are over everything else, but I'm, I'm not a guy who's, who's got time during the regular season to watch college games. And so I'm, I'm not going to, aside from the vague outlines, I mean, I've seen Scoot Henderson play and I did a big feature on him a couple of years ago. Um, I've obviously seen all the same clips that everybody else has of Victor Wembanyama. got a pretty good sense of, of what those two guys will bring to the table for the teams at the top. Um, is there, is there a point guard you can build around in this draft? There usually are, are a couple of candidates drafting at eight. I'm sure they could find somebody. I would probably be more in, inclined to go that direction, but I also believe that when you're a team like the Wizards where you just need talent, um, you should not be targeting a position in the draft. You should be targeting best available player, period. They just need talent, period. This is not a question of how do we build the the, the right – no, your, your, your build has failed, Um you should be pivoting to some, some new vision for a team. Um, whether you're moving Bradley Beal today or not, I think you need to start thinking about what the future beyond Bradley Beal is. And so um, I, I, I'm not starting with any position. I'm starting with find your best available talent at eight, because while they have failed repeatedly in this section of the draft, you can find franchise players outside of the, the top two or three. Yeah, I, I agree. I definitely agree because I made it known I'm a big fan of Cam Whitmore out of Vill- Villanova because I feel like he does. And I know he's tired of hearing me talk about Cam Whitmore, but you know, to me, he fits a need. And he, I mean, talent-wise, he just he brings athleticism, he brings that defensive dog to him to DC. But it, it's funny that you brought up Kyle Kuzma because looking at Kyle Kuzma, in your eyes, it, it, 
is he best utilized as a side and trade, or do you think he can, the best option is to sign him here long term? If I, I think if I were the Wizards, my only regret would be that he's not under contract for like another year or two because I think he's a great trade piece right now. Um, put up great numbers, had a really nice season, but uh, the you know the 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 sense around the league is that Kyle Kuzma you know kind of thinks he's a number one or number two option when he should probably be a number four or five, and. I, I I would be wary going for, I like Kyle Kuzman. I like what he's done and I like his overall makeup, but I do think that he, he's not the guy you're building around. He's not, and he, he's ideally not your best two or three players uh, among that, that group. If you're trying to be a, a high caliber playoff team, but his market value is high right now. And there are a lot of teams that already do have a superstar or a couple of stars where Kuzma would be a fantastic complimentary player, much as he was, in helping the Lakers win a championship three years ago. So, you know, if he's, it's, it's easier to deal a guy when he's under contract than if it's a sign and trade that said you have him, you have his rights. Uh, there are plenty of teams out there. The teams that I think would be best, the best fits for Kyle Kuzma, or they would mo be most interested in, in adding him to a an already established core by definition, those teams are over the cap by definition. Those teams can't, uh, can't give him probably the, the contract he's going to be looking for. So it puts the wizards in a good position to make a, a deal with this, you know, make a move with a sign and trade uh, involving Kuzma. Um, if they can find the right trade partner and a place that Kyle Kuzma wants to go and that wants to give, you know, Kuzma the, the contract terms that he's looking for, whatever they may be. Yes. I believe Kyle Kuzma in a sign and trade is, uh, is their best way forward because I think they just need to replenish whether that's draft picks, whether it's young players, whether it's that uh, elusive point guard that you were uh, referring to earlier, Brandon, like if, if the, if the idea is um, start finding certain key pieces to put in place, or even if you think you're, you're going to continue with Bradley Beal for the time being um, you're right. I, I do think they need, you know, they need to find a, a, a solution at point guard, but hopefully one that's not just a compliment to, Beal, but maybe is the guy who eventually leads uh, the Wizards in, in, in whatever that post-Beal configuration is. Um, I hate to keep harping on that, but I truly believe that at some point, whether it's you know before this coming season or and sometime in the not-so-distant future, I don't think they're truly going to be able to you know strike out on a, on a new direction until they have moved on from Beal, because he's consuming obviously a lot of cap room. He's consuming a lot of, of just oxygen in terms of, and I don't mean that in a, in a negative way, he's a good player, but like um, I, I, I don't think he's the guy who's going to, to take you deep in the playoffs for any extended run. And he's getting to that point in his career too, where, you know, the, the, the downside will start coming. Um, and so anyway, I, I think, I think find a player who you think could be part of your new foundation. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I agree a hundred percent. Obviously his contract dictates where the, what the direction of this team is going forward. So um, I'm going to dive into my last question real quick. And it's really for both you and E. Um, the question is, you know, you, you mentioned best player available. And like I said, Cam Whitmore to me. But, you know, outside of Cam Whitmore, there are a lot of options, especially for the wing, that I think can come in and DC and be very successful. But if we do select Cam Whitmore at eight, does that mean that Denny is kind of <laughs> out of here? Because obviously if you sign another wing, you know, you're not going to re-sign Denny uh, Avia long-term. So what do you think his his options are long-term? It's an interesting question. Um, and, 
you know, like we, we've already seen this, right, where they unloaded Hachimura. Um, and that trade's not looking great for them either right now. Uh, he obviously had a, a really nice run with the Lakers and is looking like a lot more valuable player in a different context. Um, but where they've cycled through a bunch of players, you know, in, in uh, you know, the, the mid part of the lottery where they haven't really clicked for them. They're having to decide who to invest in and who not to. They obviously decided Hachimura was going to be too expensive for them. So they moved on from him, presumably in part to, to, to hang on to a guy uh, like Denny Avdia. Um, I was just, you know, scanning the mock drafts and like the athletic has, has your guy Whitmore going at five to Detroit. Um, Bleach report does have Whitmore going to, to the wizards at eight. Uh, ESPN's got Whitmore going at seven to Indiana um, and Anthony black, uh, from Arkansas going to the, to the wizards. Uh, Asar Thompson was, was the guy that, that, that the athletic has going to the wizards. Um, so it's not clear uh, if, uh, if, uh, if your guy Whitmore is, is going to be available when they draft, but if they do draft another, you know, big wing type, it's an interesting question. Like, does this, does this mean you are moving on from Abdia? It, it, I think it's too soon for that discussion personally. Like if I were the organization, I, I would want to, because like I, Avdia has shown some progress over the last couple of years. And I think Avdia is, is a nice complimentary player and a, and a, a bit of a, you know, like he, he could be a ball mover and a glue guy. Um, I don't think in today's NBA, you can be overloaded on, you know, six, seven, six, eight, six, nine guys who can play multiple positions and hopefully guard multiple positions and have some length and versatility and athleticism to them. Right. Like I want, like that, like those, those players are really valuable. And especially if you develop them right um, and they can become at minimum great three and D guys who can guard multiple positions, or if they've got some ball handling and playmaking skills can, can grow into to more, you know, uh, versatile roles. So I wouldn't be eager to move on no matter who I draft there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be moving on from Avdia. Um, but there are some cost issues too, right? You know, when, when, when guys are coming up for extensions on their rookie deals, you have to start looking out, uh, years ahead, but that brings us back to the Beal Porzingis Kuzma question, right? Because there's a lot of money tied up in Beal, uh, a certain amount in Porzingis, and then the free agency of Kuzma, like that, you know, at some point you, you hit a limit, and especially under the new CBA, which is um, a lot harsher. So, um, I think being able to move off of one or more of those three veterans will give them more flexibility to hold on to Avdia, find the right number for an extension and still be able to draft, you know, whether it's uh, uh, Whitmore, whether it's, you know, Thompson, whoever it may be, you've got room to, to, to evaluate while you're not having to worry about the payroll. Yeah, completely agree. But again, you know, to be able to evaluate, you need a general manager. So, <laughs> so, um, minor so point. We, oh, absolutely. So before we move on, I'm, I'm going to ask you E. So E, if you're, if you're the general manager um, and Ken Whitmore is there, what is the future to Denny, you know, for Denny and DC for you? Um, that's a good question. Um, you would have uh, multiple fours there if you do keep Kuzma and you still have uh, Denny and Cam. So there would be somewhat of a log jam there. Um, I do think that uh, it's hard to say. That's a really good question. You would have to see it, to see it play out. But I, I could see Denny being moved uh, for a point guard in the offseason or for just more guard help because the Wizards do need more uh, help in the backcourt other than Bradley Bill for sure. Um, and it's a contract year, and it could be a similar situation to Rui, like like Howard you brought up, uh, where they have to pay Denny, and if his value is too much, then they may want to get some picks for him. Now, unfortunately, his his trade value is not 
uh, the greatest kind of like Ruiz was where it may be a couple second round picks and then maybe a, uh, a rotational guy like a Kendrick Nunn. Uh, so I can see that happening. You don't want to let Denny move, leave for nothing in free agency. Uh, but I do have the feeling that uh, Denny most likely won't get another contract here in D.C. So I think the best option would be to uh, find a trade partner. Now, you might you might get the best value at the trade deadline. So uh, if Cam comes in, yeah, I can see a log jam there. So but even before drafting Cam, personally, I, I thought Denny uh, most likely will be on a, a different team coming in 2024. OK, yeah. I like that. I like that answer. <laughs> so uh, we're going to move on to talking about the endless general manager search for the Wizards. And I'm going to pass the mic to my guy. But before we do, today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, hit the eBay Motors. With the eBay guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part that will fit or your money back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop on ebay motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time after all it's easy to bring home a win when all the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said done and thank you for making lock the wizards your first season every day every day or tomorrow we are going to scout cam whitmore my guy <laughs> so definitely tune in and then obviously going into the offseason we're going to be doing a lot of draft prospects and a lot of offseason content so definitely tune in so yes sir so my question is about the gm search um how concerned uh should wizards fans be or anybody be that they have not hired a general manager yet in the way that's being ran. And do you think it's wise if they are waiting for Bob Myers for the Warriors to make a decision? And, and what do you what do you feel like the odds are that the Wizards uh, land Bob Myers as the general manager? The sense around the league is that Bob Myers is either staying with the Warriors or taking some time off. That if he leaves the Warriors, it's not necessarily going to be about any divide between Bob Myers and the organization um, or you know, a, a contract uh, impasse, anything like that. It's more a matter of where Bob's head is at. Um, if, if he decides, so if he decides to, to, to part ways, it's probably to take time off. So, you know, if I've heard that and others around the league have heard that, certainly the wizards have heard that. So I, I tend to think they're not waiting on him. Now, listen, sometimes, you know, you've got the Godfather offer in hand for somebody and you think, you know what? Maybe all the buzzes that he doesn't want to do this, um, that he that he just needs some time with family and, and just decompress and all this after, you know, uh, you know, pretty long and, and at times very intense run with the Warriors. But I'm going to wait because I think he's just that valuable. I'm going to give my chance my, myself that chance. I'm going to give myself that opportunity. I'm going to wait and then bring him in and say, listen, I know everything we've heard is that you would like to just take time off, but hear us out. That's fair. Um, I, I, I could see that. I tend to think, though, that um, if if it if it's as clear as it seems that he's either war working for the Warriors or just not working, 
then you shouldn't be sitting around waiting for him. Um, maybe it's taking time because they're waiting on somebody else to shake loose for some reason. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, I do think that as you and I, as, as, as the three of us sit here talking on May 24th with the draft coming up on June 22nd, I think by my math, that is now uh, less than a month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, about a month. Um, I, I you, you need somebody in place sooner than later. Um, you, like, Everything like you guys have, you know, obviously all these great questions that everybody who follows the Wizards, fans of the Wizards, media all have about what their direction is and about what the right fit is and about what the offseason agenda is. You can't know any of that until you actually have somebody running basketball operations. And so the longer this takes, I, I just think it's putting them in a bit of a hole. Um, now, listen, we could we could hang up. 10 minutes from now and they could announce a GM for all we know an hour later. Um, I don't expect that'll be the case, but it could happen. Um, but I, I just, I think, you know, the clock is ticking. You need, you know, that the pre-draft combine has already come and gone. I know they had other people there. Look, they still, it's not like they have an empty front office. Um, but still you, you kind of need somebody to set the agenda sooner than later. Uh, because it affects everything else. Literally everything that we are discussing here today on this podcast, um, what should they do at point guard? Uh, what is Denny Avdia's future? Uh, how are they going to handle the Kyle Kuzma situation? Sign him, sign and trade him. How, you know, every, every piece of this comes back to what is the vision for this franchise going forward? Um, and, and, and specifically, again, back to the Beal question. Is Beal part of this team next season? For how much longer? And if that's the case, what's the best way to build around him while also probably planning for, you know, I, I think the, whatever the next era is. But all of those questions can't be answered intelligently until you have somebody who is setting the agenda as the head of basketball ops. And so um, I don't I don't I don't know. I, I can't handicap that race. I, I can't tell you when that that uh, name will finally emerge. But uh, I, I do find it a little bit alarming that we are in late may and they still don't have anybody wilson you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar how did you do it i got a huge assist from grammarly an ai writing partner that helped me make my point and it works everywhere i write summarizing a doc only took one click when everyone uses grammarly everything just makes sense go to grammarly.com podcast to download it for free that's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Yeah, and they have conducted some interviews. They interviewed Changing Langdon from the Pelicans, Michael Winger from the Clippers. They talked with Milt Newton, uh, who's a part of the Bucks uh, front office as well. So they, they have interviewed some guys. Um, but, you know, it is, um, you know, it, it's intriguing that they're taking this long. They took a long time last time, and they ended up with Tommy Shepard. They had a search firm and interviewed 75 people. Um, so, I mean, they, Ted Leon says he usually takes a long time with decision-making. Uh, another question I have for you is, uh, what are your thoughts on the Wizards young car, young core, uh, with Johnny Davis, um, Denny Avdia and Corey Kispert, uh, how do you feel about their future and, uh, what would you rate those guys and what, what potential do you see and how would you rate them across <laughs> the league's young, young potential young core? I think the answer is that if, if, uh, for folks who, you know, watched, this this uh latest iteration of the wizards if a team's that bad 
and your young guys and especially your rookie can't get much run. I mean, I know, I know Davis finally got some runs, you know, toward the back end of the season, but if you can't really break through in a meaningful way on a team, that's, that's that um, just in, in, in disarray, then uh, it, it's not speaking highly. Uh, I like the strides Avdi has made the last couple of years. Um, I don't think we've seen enough of Johnny Davis. Like I tr- listen, uh, to, to be fair, fair here to, to Davis and, and even even to Kisper to an extent, although he's, you know, he's a little older at this stage. Um, you Players come in this league and develop at, at different rates. Um, and a lot of it's contextual. A lot of it depends on the players that you're with. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of like the, like a, 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 you know, one of these recent examples. I guess, you know, even if you think about like, a you know, uh, right, a couple guys from you know who, who played for the Nets in my backyard, right? Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris, those guys were cast offs by other teams. They get to the Nets, they find the right situation at the right time with the right uh, coaching staff that was really focused on heavily on development, and maybe they were just at the right stage in their careers to take those steps. Um, there are you know Jimmy Butler, who's possibly about to go to the finals here pretty soon. Jimmy Butler came in as a, as a uh, end of first round, second round, like end of first round pick who his first few years, there were no indications that Jimmy Butler was going to turn into this guy. Point being players develop at, at different rates. Um, there's a general feeling among uh, talent scouts, uh, talent evaluators in this league that if a player you drafted hasn't really started to pop by somewhere in the middle of his second year, third year at the latest, Usually at that point you go, okay, it's just, it's just not happening. It's not across the board. It's not universal, but um, look, you know, Kispert's 24. Um, I, I don't, I don't think you're counting on a ton of upside there anymore, necessarily. Um, you, you, you look at him and say, okay, look, solid role player. Um, a guy who, who can, you know, if we've, if you've got stars to play off of, uh, he's going to make his open shots. He's going to, you know, he's going to hit from three. Uh, he's, you know, he's going to move the ball like a oh, great role player. Um, Denny Avdia has, I think a little bit higher ceiling maybe um, on, on all of those fronts. Davis, I just don't think we've seen enough of, but I, I don't look at this young core and say, you know, they, they, you know, look, they're, 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 they're set for the future. They can just move on from their vets and, and, and turn like, no, they're not in that position. This is not, it's not like the, the, the thunder. So again, great, you know, counter example, the thunder who have drafted really well um, have a, bunch of young players who all look like not just ready to pop some of them are already popping um and you know you can look at that and say we have our young core we can we could uh, add as, as much as we want for, with veterans but but we we have a, a, a group we we believe in that we can move forward with that we can uh watch grow i, I can't say that the wizards have that yeah, it's, it's hard to disagree with you on that. Uh, Denny, he definitely, you know, has some things to work on on the offensive side of the ball as far as, you know, ball handling, shooting, didn't shoot the ball well this past season, shot around 30% from the three, 31%. And uh, Corey Kisser, he's a solid rotational guy. So they just haven't hit rotational rota- – they haven't really hit home runs. They got a lot of rotational pieces. Johnny Davis played in the G League for the majority of the season. We finally got to see him in the last five games of the season. So um, the Wizards, they're just in a tough spot. They're a team that's trying to win – but still in the lottery and don't have a lot of, you know, promising young talent. So, um, but Brandon, did you have any other questions? Ah, uh, no, sir. No, sir. Um, the kind of piggyback on your, your question, man, the young core. I mean, I agree with both of you guys, man. It's just um, to me, and it kind of goes off what you said, Howard, is that, you know, when you hit the second or third year, if they're not 
able to you know you got you want to see progress and i think that yeah the the sample size is a little small for johnny davis and i, I did like how johnny davis came back in the second half of the last 10 games and he, he showed promise you sure. know i think the biggest thing with him was from what i noticed and what he noticed was the speed you know the speed's different from the ncaa to the nba you know he, he it took him a while to kind of acclimate to the speed and the g league to me it shows how valuable the g league is because you know, G League's not just, you know, you got guys who played in the league before. You got guys who are hungry. You know, he's so he was able to go against competition to kind of help him acclimate himself to the speed of the NBA. So I'm still intrigued. I think there's still some upside to him. Not, not, not a lot of super upside, but I think that you do see, the, you know, his basketball IQ. You do see his motor, and you do see that he's willing to work on his game. Um, Corey Kispert, like you said, I don't think he's a guy that's going to be a stopper on the defensive end. You know, he can't cut to the basket. He can't shoot at a high level. But I think, I mean, I think you guys are right. You know, what you have in him is what you're going to have. And then Denny, you know, like you said, you know, Denny's definitely the highest upside of all of them. It's just that shot. You know, <laughs> this previous season, I was hoping he came in and shot better. Definitely, you know, training with uh, Drew Hanlon. And that's the biggest thing for him, especially because, you know, out of all the three, it behooves Denny to get to really work on his game because contract year. So, you know, whether he stays in D.C. or whether he goes somewhere else, He's playing for the next bag, for the next next contract. So, you yeah. know, but who's him to work on his game? So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, Howard, we want to thank you for coming on, and uh, we definitely want to get you back on when they do finally hire a GM <laughs> somehow, some way, someday. They, they do have good candidates. To, uh, you know, I, I know all those guys a little bit. Uh, all, all very smart. Um, I, I think you know they're at least the search to the extent of the three names that we know for sure. At least we know that they are. Um, they're, they're, they're talking to some, I, I think really promising folks and, and, you know, look, a, uh, winger hasn't had the top job before, but he's part of a really smart Clippers front office and, and, and he's very savvy. Trajan Langdon has been part of some, some great programs in, in, in Brooklyn and new Orleans. Um, also very savvy, been around for a while. And, and of course, you know, a former player. So he, you know, I, I think, I think those guys would be great. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how long it takes to, to finally decide, uh, where they're going. Definitely. And before we wrap it up, Howard, is there anything that you have going on or anything to promote? Um, nothing at the moment. Obviously, uh, I'm bouncing around the Lockdown Network so people can uh, find me uh, on all, all of the shows. Too many shows, possibly, uh, <laughs> in, in danger of overexposure. Um, my, uh, my written work at the moment is with uh, at GQ Sports, and I have uh, a page uh, on Authory. That's author with a Y on the end, authory.com backslash Howard Beck, all my written work is there for not just GQ, but all my past work for Sports Illustrated, New York Times, and Bleacher Report uh, is all there as well. Yep, definitely make sure you guys check that out. Check out Howard's work wherever you can find it. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for making a lot of which is your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We will be doing more draft talk and mailbag questions. Thank you guys for listening. Hell to the Wizards. Peace. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.